Thanks for downloading episode 89 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. over. Here comes Stockton on the edge of the oh. not afraid to have a go from the edge of the area either. And he should be full of confidence after scoring his first goal of the season last time out. And that curler with his right foot not far over the angle. Dear Barte, midway inside the Exeter City half. 29th minute. Shrimps nil. Grecians nil. Key down the left-hand side. Nice into the feet of Stansfield. Got room for a shot here. Instead goes out towards... Caprice, right-hand side, drives it in towards the edge of the six-yard box and at the near post. That's a good tip round the post. It wasn't quite a tip, it was more of a block around the post, really. But either way, Connor Ripley gets the job done and away for a corner. This corner's going to be swung in by Weir. In fact, it's short to Caleb Watts on the byline. Little whip ball to Cole Stanton, who's not in into the back of the net. And that's his first league goal of the campaign. The return of Net King Cole. 34 minutes, beautiful corner routine. We're into Watts. Little dink ball from the byline. And a beautiful flick header from Stockton to score his first league goal of the season and make it more than one. Exeter City nil. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Stockton returns. It's a lovely header. More than really uh, excellent play just to be able uh, to catch Exeter out with the, uh, the quick corner into Caleb Watts. Ball comes across. Cole Stockton flicks header. I think Jamal Blackman gets a touch on it, but he can't keep. It's a lovely header from Stockton, and it's Morecambe 1, Exeter 0, and it's a deserved lead for Morecambe, Dave. And that's what it means to the Shrimps faithful, you can tell as well with his celebrations, it meant a lot to him as well. And with everything that's happened, Matt, that's all gone now, hasn't it? We need Cole to score goals, he needs to score goals for, for, for other reasons. If Cole does well, we all do well, and we all benefit, and that was a great header. It was, it was a, a delightful header and like we said, it was like the colour last season, you know, just rise up higher than anybody else, a, a, a wonderful header, just looking at it now, Caleb watching the delightful ball out, question marks around Jamal Blackman's position in there, I think if he's more central to the goal it's an easier opportunity for him to get across and keep it out, but take nothing away from Cole Stockton's header, excellent beautiful, play. Beautiful play by Cooney, nearly setting Caleb Watts through down that right hand side. Walking in the ascendancy now. Just to the build-up of that goal as well, you know, the story of Exeter's half for me so far. Two defenders going up for the same ball and just missing it completely, yeah. allowing Morecambe a bit of an advantage in the attacking third. And for me, Exeter have just shot themselves in the foot a bit too many times in this opening uh, 36 minutes. But Jay Stansfield's very dangerous and he's, walking, he's driving towards the edge of the box here. He's inside the box as well. Ball across, great first touch. It's going to be smashed in though for the equaliser. And it's Josh Key with it. Close range and Morecambe's lead lasted less than two minutes. We were undone down this left-hand side. And Jay Stansfield was just allowed to run and run into the box. Ball across the six-yard area. First shot saved. And the rebound from close range smashed into the roof of the net. For Morecambe 1, Exeter City 1. Right, it's Josh Key with the equaliser for Exeter City. Just as you're touching on there, Dave, uh, Jay Stansfield just allowed the, uh, the freedom of that left-hand side. And so, Connor, you can see what he's trying to do, just give him the angle a little bit and then just come in with that tackle right at the death, but he, he can't make it and it just presents 
key it right at the back post with a bit of a tapping. Ripley does well to say the first effort, but it, it falls kindly into the path of Key, who's not going to miss from there. Take Taylor inside the penalty area. There's going to be oh. clean, is it? No, it was really well defended. I think Jonathan grounds on the agency yard box, just as Jensen Weir was about to smack it into the back of the net for his seventh goal of the season. Denies the Shrooms midfielder. Great defending. Morgan corner, but for a second, Jake Taylor was in. O'Connor, that's a cultured pass out towards... Adam Mayer on the left-hand side. Lovely ball from Anto Connor. Mayer's got some room to get the cross in here as well. It's a lovely oh. ball as well, and it's met by the head of Caleb Watts at the back post, who heads it over the bar. That would have been a cracking goal if that had gone in. Giovanni Brown up and over. That could be a great knock. Sam Nombe is in the penalty area. Nombe is at the post. Keeper was beaten. That was a lovely ball up and over from Giovanni Brown. Nombe has got goal sign of his man. Ripley beaten, and it hits the woodwork. Well, Exeter have dominated his second half. It's fair to say he can't dressing it up any other way really throwing is taken Brown's got room to get a shot away and it was a decent one too and that needed Connor Ripley to be alert down to his left hand side and he takes no chances and pushes it round the post for a corner out to Hartridge down the left hand side that's the end of that referee puts the whistle to his lips reaction to the action this is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio it was like the Alamo Matt Smith at the end of the game there and Exeter are dominating most of the second half without testing Connor Ripley. Morecambe won Exeter City won at full time and I think we perhaps will be grateful for a point tonight. I think the key thing is, Dave, that for all of Exeter's possession and chances in that second half, you've just got to remember what, what was Connor Ripley called into? Very, very little. The one opportunity, that the, well, the big opportunity that, that they had ends up hitting the post and bouncing away to safety. So... In, in one, you know, one respect, you'll be thinking a bit disappointing that we weren't able to pose much of an attacking threat. But from a defensive point of view, very, very good from Morecambe, um, limiting them to a few big chances. And again, it boils down to the old saying, you know, you can have as much possession in a game of football that you want, but it's what you do with it that yeah, counts. Absolutely. And Exeter will be disappointed with the amount of chances and possession they had. They weren't able to make it count. It's another draw, Matt. We spoke, and Derek spoke in pre-match as well. Draws are okay sometimes, but we've got to make the good draws into wins. It's another solid point at the Mazuma, but it's a, yet another draw. That is our ninth league draw of the season in our 20th league game. Yeah, that's what it's about, isn't it, in terms of putting those performances, those really good performances against the big teams in the division, putting them into, well, carrying them over that, that level of performance. And if it, I, think, I think it's fair to say that if we performed tonight like we did against the likes of Barnsley and Portsmouth and Derby, it would have been a completely different result. So in that respect, you'll probably be a little bit disappointed. But again, a point's better than none. And then we move on to another big game next Saturday at Hunts Charlton Athletic. Sometimes, I think as you said there, Matt, sometimes you've just got to take the point, haven't you? And, and it's very much that, given the second half, yeah. tonight is very much take the point. Yeah, uh, you've got to look at it from all there attacking threat and possession and, and half chances you probably some might say that it was a good point all things considered and like you say you work on the training ground you work hard to, to you know turn one point this week and into three points next weekend and, and that's what it's all about you park it you learn from it you work hard and then you just go again next Saturday Matt pleasure as always to uh, chat to you on, on Shrimps Live enjoy your end-ups concert on Sunday <laughs> won't you while I, I got my feet up watching the England game 
well, I'll try. I'll, 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 I might even ring you during a few songs so you can enjoy it just as much as I am. Then. Yeah, FaceTime me. You put your arms <laughs> in the air. You'd be wonderful. Uh, Matt Smith, thank you so Cheers, much, my mate. friend. Have a great weekend. You and we'll too. catch you back here in this very same seat next Saturday for Charlton Athletic. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Dave. Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media team alongside us for Shrimps Live here on Beyond Radio as ever. Well, uh, a tale of two halves, really. Uh, Morecambe taking the lead after 34 minutes. It was Cole Stockton with his first lead goal of the season. Cute corner routine over on the left-hand side between Weir and Watts. And it was Caleb who chipped the ball in from the byline and a lovely little cute flick header into the back of the net for Cole Stockton to open the scoring on 34 minutes. Morecambe's lead, though, lasted just 90 seconds as Exeter broke away down their left to Morecambe right. Jay Stansfield allowed to run and run and run into the penalty area. His ball across the six-yard box. First shot was saved. Second one smashed into the roof of the net from close range by Josh Key. One all at the break then and in the second half well Morecambe had a, a good first five ten minutes and then it was all Exeter. Jake Taylor probably should have done better when he had a decent opportunity inside the penalty area five minutes after half time. Caleb Watts headed over from Adam May across as well uh, but after that the last half an hour Exeter dominated possession territorial advantage Morecambe camped in their own half of the final 30 minutes or so but in fairness defended well it was scruffy it was scrappy at times and apart from substitute Giovanni Brown hitting the post on 71 minutes with Ripley beaten uh, the uh, shrimps keeper didn't have a single save to make there are times I suppose when you've just got to take the point and move on but it is yet another draw uh, Morecambe moving on to 15 points then uh, for the League One season yeah I thought it was a good football match I think that um we started the better team in the game that uh, we controlled possession and uh, you know really you know got into the game where we got Shaw on the ball, uh, got our full backs forward and uh, you know Adam Mir down one side, Caleb down the other side and we started off with a great goal, you know, well worked from the training ground and uh, it didn't pick Caleb up, he flicked it around and uh, a header from Cole Stockton but uh, it was a, a really good start to the game. It was probably a match where we had the better of the first half and, uh, you know, definitely Exeter had the better of the second half. Unfortunately, conceded two minutes afterwards, just as you were looking good to go maybe and get a second one, unfortunately, uh, they got back into it. Yeah, it was against their own play and really, when we were on the ascendancy, scoring that goal and we should have passed the ball down the side, we didn't, we got caught out and uh, we know when Exeter get into that situation, they're very... Uh, dangerous and you know Stansfield running behind taking the ball for a dribble uh, causes the problem Cole Stockton second goal for him in two games that must be must be delighted with that yeah well, well obviously you know have the strikers you know Kieran Phillips you know scoring goals Jensen Weir uh, and now Cole you know coming back into the frame and uh, it's important that we have that 18 points now dropped unfortunately from winning positions we keep talking about it don't we yeah I mean that is the case and uh, you know that's the the positive is that um, you know we've been ahead uh, in a lot of these matches this season, and uh, you know we've been able to you know take the game to the opposition and uh, be ahead. But uh, obviously we haven't been able to to hold out, and uh, that's just the nature of you know football. At the end of the day, is that a point in the right direction or two points dropped in your eyes? It doesn't really matter because uh, I mean, we've only got a point at the end of the day, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's another point added to, to the points total. The boys put in a terrific effort tonight. You can't, you know, fault them with that. You know, they defended the box really well uh, in the second half. We lacked quality uh, in that final third. And even in the middle third at times when we regained possession, uh, we gave the ball away. Well, 
Exeter regained possession and found a man and uh, you know used the ball better than us uh, in that middle to front. Losing the ball in midfield seems to look a bit ragged when Liam Shaw went off. Is he okay? Yeah, I mean he took a knock to his knee, but um, he'll be fine. Looking at Adam Mayer again, signing his pro contract, and uh, again, like you say, he did well today. Yeah, delighted for him, you know, to 18 year old getting you know his first uh, contract, and I thought he started the game, you know, very well. He was lively, and uh, you know he, he continued to to develop, and that's what he's you know here to do. We're giving him a two and a half year contract, and uh, it's uh, giving him time to to go forward. At the other end, I thought he defended really well tonight. I thought Ansel Connor was excellent. We've defended really well, you know, at really times in the game. You know, I think that uh, we've had to, and uh, I think that you know throughout the, the 90 minutes, you know, Exeter are a very good side. Um, they've you know spent well uh, over the summer, and uh, we know that, and uh, they do that, you know, year on year. Four home games will be in now. Uh, a week tomorrow, Charlton here again. So hopefully you can extend that. Yeah, I mean it's you know I think it's two defeats in the last eight games uh, in the league campaign. So. The problem for us is we haven't been able to to be better, but uh, that's the beauty, you know, of uh, being able to to spend the money, the likes of an Exeter or that that, that I've got, and it's not an excuse; it's just the reality uh, of the situation. And uh, as I keep on saying, you know, you, you look at you know different squads in this division, you know, they're able to to pluck you know players out of, of nowhere, and, and unfortunately for us, we haven't been able to do that since the start of the season and uh, that's just the reality of the situation If you just turn those draws into wins things could be so much different couldn't they? Exactly and, and that's what the, the added bonus would have been you know in the summer and uh, I've explained that to, to everyone and uh, that would have been really nice for me as a you know as a manager but uh, we're doing we're competing uh, at, at this level it's really difficult we understand that and uh, we haven't got the beauty uh, of of a cash injection yet, but hopefully we can get that because uh, that would enable us to really, you know, add to the squad that's already here. We've got a strong uh, unit of players, but um, we've still got to add, you know, many players to the squad come January. Well, Jensen, another home uh, game without defeat, another draw. Uh, your thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, I thought we started quite well uh, on the front foot. Uh, got a goal which we deserved, and then as soon as the goal went in, we kind of shifted backwards, and then they got their goal quite quick, which gave them a lot of momentum, and then. Tried to change it second half, come out on the front foot, but um, they managed to gain control of the majority of the second half, I'd say, and put us under the cosh, really. But, um, yeah, I, I think we take a draw off the back of the, the end of the second half, but um, we obviously want more points and, and more um, final third contributions. But, um, yeah, I think we're quite happy to come away and draw them under the cosh at the last, last second half. It was a real ball, really, for them to score so quickly after you took the lead. Because um, we, we, I thought we started the game well. You know, we, had, we were on the front foot and we had a lot of the ball and um, got into good areas. Just Cole was offside as well, big chance. But um, yeah, as you say, yeah. You looked so fresh at the start, first half an hour or so was excellent. Caleb Watts looked sharp. Good though to see Cole Stockton back on the score sheet again, two and two for him. Yeah, no, it's good for him. Uh, confidence to be flying now. Uh, good from Caleb as well. Good turn from the set piece and then a great ball in. So it's, yeah, really good. Watching the week in, week out, all of us around, probably say the same sort of thing. You seem to be getting there, then just not quite getting there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, just that final pass just needs to be there, so... Um, yeah, wasn't there today, but um, I think last few games have been a bit unlucky sometimes, chances and stuff, but we definitely need to be a bit better as well, so... Um, yeah, it's just got to do a bit more, really. Jake Taylor back in the side, how does that help you with him back in there? Good, it's a great player to play with, it's good for me. He's a similar kind of player to me, you know, likes to get forward and stuff and 
um, it's another bit of legs in the middle so uh, yeah really good for me and Shorzy as well and everyone, whoever plays in the middle uh, all good to play with you back at home next week Charlton next Saturday uh, important though you start turning these draws into wins isn't it yeah it is nice um, just trying to uh, get as many points as we can from as many games as possible And um, but to be fair today like games when we're under the cosh we just need to make sure we don't lose them as well so it's good to get a point rather than come away with nothing on a positive side, I think that could well have been a game you lost earlier on in the season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think we defended our box a bit better today as well. Sometimes we're a bit lapsical, like we just let little chances get through and stuff. So um, yeah, defended it quite well today. How was the dressing room after the game? Was was it a feeling of two points dropped or a point gained or just um, a decent result? A bit of both, really. I think I wouldn't say we had tons of chances, but I think first half we could have probably maybe. Mm, no, I'd say it's quite fair, really. It's a fair result, especially second half, but uh, we always want to get three points. Next Saturday, hopefully, Charlton Athletic down here at the Mazuma. Hopefully, turn uh, that into three points then. Yeah, definitely. That's the aim. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. A very unusual Friday night game for the Shrimps then uh, this week uh, because uh, we might have been watching England on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so all the fixtures get moved and then it turns out England win their group and uh, play on the Sunday night instead. So uh, there you go. Uh, this is Dave Salmon. Thank you for your downloads as ever. We really appreciate it. A reminder, all episodes are always available on Apple, Google and Spotify. Simply search the Shrimps Verdict and you can also find them via our website to at beyondradio.co.uk so on we go then to another massive game in league one next saturday it should be a big weekend of football actually next weekend Uh, all being well uh, depending when you might be listening to this uh, england may have crashed out at the round of 16 stage but if they do beat senegal uh, they'll be playing on saturday at 7 p.m so we'll have the morecambe game kicking off at three and then England at seven. Lovely stuff indeed. I'm sure you'll agree. Ahead uh, of the match uh, uh, between uh, the Shrimps and Charlton, I've been talking to Louis Mendes. Louis is one of the presenters of the fantastic, almost award-winning, as you'll find out, uh, uh, Charlton podcast, uh, Charlton Live, uh, a proper fans podcast. Uh, Louis is also a local journalist, writes for the paper, and also commentates and summarises for BBC Radio London. The ideal man then to get the full lowdown on Ben Garner's men ahead of the Alex trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday and a reminder if you're not heading down to the match full commentary as ever on Shrimps Live on FM and DAB Plus and on iFollow Shrimps from 2.45 Louis always great to chat my friend thanks for jumping on our humble podcast again Be, uh, before we get started uh, give us everything we need to know about the uh, well national recognition for Charlton Live tell us all the details yeah, well, Charlton Lives our our Charlton podcast. We come out twice a twice a week. Uh, we've been nominated four times now for the uh, FSA Club Podcast of the Year. We still haven't won, um, but I I, I I take being nominated as 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 a prize for me. Um, so yeah, we come out every week. All, all the usual podcast places on Apple Pods and uh, Acast and all that, Spotify. Uh, yeah, and we talk about talk about the addicts twice a week, which is as uh, depressing as it sounds. <laughs> we'll come on to that in a second but uh, uh the fsa awards it's a good night out let's get you out of the house if nothing else i suppose yeah yeah exactly yeah so like i say it's, it's the fourth it's the fourth one we've been nominated for so the third one we've been able to go to because one, one was behind closed doors during covid um yeah and there's loads of uh other sort of fan fan-led media there there's there's loads of like uh uh, sort of professional media people there as well so i think ian wright won an award this year he was there um you with lots of uh Lots of journalists and stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty good one put on by by the the Football Supporters Association. Obviously, do really good work on behalf of 
uh, supporters with on various different issues that they they can highlight. And uh, I know they're out of the World Cup at the moment doing sort of a fan liaison stuff. Um, yeah, and it, was, it was a really good night out. We were on a on a table with uh, some of our friends from the Mod Mag as well, which is a new Charlton fanzine. Uh, and they did win actually. They won. They won fanzine of the year, which was nice. So um, yeah, we've had uh, had a really good night. Um, lots of free beer, which is the most important. Oh, that thing. helps. More than more than makes up for any any uh, not not winning. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was a really it was a really good one. Yeah, we're really pleased to, to have been up there again. Uh, just what one year we'll hopefully get over the line. Fingers crossed. I'll vote, I'll vote for you next year, Louis. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> you sort of wear two hats, Louis, don't you? Because you do you, you do the pod, which is like you say fans orientated, but you've you've also got your serious journalistic hat as well so uh, you sort of mm. straddle both a bit similar to myself really sort of straddle two planes of the media yeah so yeah so i do i do, yeah, I do my chart on live stuff my, my fan stuff but also I, I do a bit of um commentary on on bbc radio london uh and writing for the local paper as well uh, south london press so uh, it's, I'm a jack of all trades, really, or, or or you could say I'm the only one who's happy to go around up and down the country doing all of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we do, yeah, ma- mainly reporting on on Radio London. Uh, I think when we come up uh, to to Morecambe for for the game, I think I think they're more likely going to have the Millwall game on as the as a live commentary. So I'll be doing reports from that game. Um, yeah, and to, for the South London press side, just write write up all the uh, all the managers' comments after from the interviews we do. Uh, write up a little bit of a match report on a Sunday. Uh, although it'd be a really strange, it's going to be a really strange weekend potentially in more in Morecambe because obviously we're we're speaking ahead of um the next England game in the World Cup. But there's a reasonable chance that when we come up for the for the World Cup uh, for for the for the away game with Morecambe that England might be playing that evening as well. So I think uh, I'm going to have my hands full there trying to do all my work and at the same time stay somewhere in Morecambe and watch the game with with, uh, with any Charlton fans that stay up there and hopefully with some, some Morecambe fans as well. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Well, there'll certainly be plenty of bar. I can recommend a few bars for you to watch the England game in, Lou, if, that's, if, if that turns out to be the case. Fingers crossed that it does, of yeah. course. Um, let's talk about uh, the addicts then, if we may. Let's go back to last season first, Louis. And we had uh, two good games against the two sides uh, last season. That's a great two-all draw when you went two in the loop and we came back in the second half. And... The 3-2 victory uh, at the Valley, Valley Parade, whatever you want to call it, a bit of an in-joke <laughs> uh, from last season. Um, yeah. Our 3-2 th- our victory uh, was the the weekend that we finally got out of the bottom four and we stayed out of the relegation zone uh, till the end of the season and obviously stayed up. So it was quite uh, quite a seminal Good Friday for us from that point of view. Yeah, no, yeah, Derek Adams, when, when he came to the Valley last season, he obviously still had Bradford on his mind. He certainly he did, didn't he? referring to the ground as Valley Parade. That was very, uh, that was very funny. But yeah, they, they were two entertaining games last season. Um, yeah, the one up there, we, well, we, we thought we were flying. We were one nil up within a, about two minutes and then two nil after maybe 20. And we thought that, that's it. And then I remember, I think Cole Stockton got a penalty. Uh, pretty much as soon as we'd gone two one up, and that made it a bit hairy. And then, sure enough, they, you, you guys equalised in the second half. Um, I remember being quite frustrated after that game actually because we were in such a commanding position. And the, the, the home defeat, um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a controversial one from a Charlton point of view. In that um, we we didn't play Connor Washington uh, at the time. It seemed like a strange decision. Uh, and 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 uh, the more I sort of delved into it, it, sa- it sounded like at the time that then manager Johnny Jackson was advised to play a different player um, by by uh, the higher ups at the club, which became quite a controversial thing. So it suggested that we didn't put out our full strength team, but obviously that was Morecambe 
as you say, fighting for their lives at the time and, and, and gave themselves a real chance. And uh, yeah, we obviously weren't weren't good enough to get a result that day. And uh, yeah, two two frustrating games against a, a Morecambe side who, I don't know, I, I'd suggest a lot of Charlton fans probably underestimated when, when we played you in both games. But yeah, Gate gave us a, well, a real fright and obviously came and took all three points at the Valley. It was great because uh, the, the trains were on strike that weekend. Uh, well, not on strike, it was engineering works for, for Easter. Mm. And it took us three and a half hours to get out of London and about seven hours to get home. So that made the journey back a little bit more bearable. Um, things have moved on, though, since, of course, Louis, haven't they? Uh, and not least, uh, you now have a new manager, Ben Garner. A good reputation with Swindon. How has he got on for you guys so far? Yeah, hit, hit and miss. I mean, I think he was a bit of a surprise choice. I think a lot of fans were underwhelmed when he, when his name was first mentioned, as you said, he had a great season with Swindon last year, getting them into the playoff semifinals, uh, you know, having turned up just a, a week or so before the season with about six, seven senior players in the building. So to do what he achieved last year was very impressive. Um, and he came in and talked a good game and we actually started, even if results weren't great, I felt like we started reasonably well in terms of performances, um, there was a lot of talk about changing the playing style and, and playing a real possession-based, on-the-floor style of football. And you could see elements of that at the start. And where there was a lot of um, a lot of praise for how we started in terms of those performances, I do remember saying at the time, look, yeah, there are like enjoying the football. There's some good things here. There's, there's a couple of things that we might need to iron out, things like taking our chances, uh, things like whether we're going to be defensively good enough, that sort of stuff. And that, as the season has rolled on, uh, coupled with the fact that we never really filled the squad out <laughs> in terms of like a enough enough bodies, sure enough, then we we, we started to pay for that, and now I think we've won three league games in our last fifteen, which is remarkable. Really, we're only six points off the playoffs. Having said, you know, this is before the weekends weekends games, obviously. Um, you know, we we we're not picking up enough results, and and it's getting a bit hairy now. We're 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 missing a lot of players to. Injury. I think there was eight eight players out in our last our last league game with injuries, um, and we're seeing those cracks appear in the squad. You know, defensively we're not good enough. We're we're pretty pretty weak defensively. Actually, we've lost a couple of the the mainstays in the defence. The likes of Owen O'Connell, who I think had, had a a mixed start anyway, but him going out has brought in well an old friend of yours. I'm afraid to say Sam Lavelle, who's who's really really struggled to. Uh, get into the flow of things since he's he's come to the valley um and he's currently in a position where there's no hiding place for him unfortunately because there's no one else who can play center half unless we go proper youth players so he's he's going out there week in week out when perhaps he could probably do with it with a couple of weeks away from the limelight and and part being part of a defense that's making mistakes you know he's not the only defender that has made mistakes but he certainly made some uh himself so this has led to i mean the, our last league game uh, as we talk, was away at Port Vale just for obviously the FA Cup game last week, and um, that resulted in quite a, a fascinating interview that I did with Ben Garner after the game. Charlton got beat one nil, uh, made it four league games without a win. Uh, as I said, only three league wins in fifteen. Um, and I spoke to Garner, and he was so frustrated at full time. You know, he, he wasn't happy with uh, uh, Port Vale's anti-football uh, as well, <laughs> which. Um, I'm sure if you guys try any of that, you'll you'll get a swift telling off no matter what the result is at full time from Ben Garner. But I look forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah. He he also um, he he also uh, basically came out and and had a not very thinly veiled dig at the at the ownership. He said, you know, 
the the squad it shows where the squad is it shows how far off they are it shows they need investment in january and i just stepped it up a bit i just said well with all due respect you know charlton fans in league one would expect to have a squad that's capable of challenging in league one from the start of the season did you expect that when you offered the job when he came in and said basically things didn't really go as he was expecting uh when when he when, when he was first offered the job um, he didn't get the full budget that he was expecting when he was offered the job. You know, these these are remarkable things to say. Um, since then, uh, I mean, there's been reports in, in one newspaper, you know, the first inklings of, of suggestion that he might be under a bit of pressure. Um, you know, there's been talks of how much his payoff would be if he were to get sacked. So you'll see, you think about, well, where's that, where's that story come from? Is that come from within the club higher up trying to say, this is why I'm not sacking him because he's too expensive? Is it come from, I don't know, like Gartner's side trying to, lay the groundwork for well i'm going to get this amount of money if i get sacked or so I, I don't you know it's it's interesting but yeah i think the fans are still on his side the majority of which you know in our podcast we uh accept a lot of, of fan messages and read them out i'd say the majority are on his side although there are certainly people who are turning and that would be the case you'd expect with the results we've had so far um but yeah it's it's been it's been fascinating he's not he's not been what i expected when he came in you know i thought in terms of the style of football he's tried to play he has been but I, I didn't think, we, as a journalist, the last couple of seasons, we've had a mixed bag of, of managers to speak to. So Nigel Atkins, one of the worst, just because he was so straight. Like, he, he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't give you anything. Jacko was quite good, Johnny Jackson. Lee Bowyer was just like the absolute pinnacle of a manager to speak to because he manages with, with all the excitement with which he played, I guess. <laughs> so he gave you some remarkable quotes. And, and Garner, we thought, would be boring, basically. We thought he'd be a bit of a yes-man, but not at all. He's He's been really fascinating to speak to. Uh, and, and it's been a surprisingly interesting ride, although it is, unfortunately, a ride that sees us sitting 14th in League One. Let's talk about those owners then, Louis. There's lots of conjecture about them, lots of... Uh, you read lots of stuff. I mean, I mean how, how is it really? Yeah, I don't think Charlton fans are overly blown away these days there's still there's still one or two i mean they came in you know and and thomas sangard this is a danish american chap plays the guitar on the pitch that sort that sort of character uh came in promising the world like all owners do i guess um and i think as as the years have gone on not really delivered and you know i, I speak to people on the non-footballing side of things behind the scenes at the club as well and it sounds like it's an absolute shambles basically in, in the background you know um there's, there's been people made redundant or, or people who've got out of court settlements we've been hearing about today you know so like chaos in terms of off the field on the field you know disappointment with how the the squad has been built disappointment with how basically you know we needed what we felt was like someone at the, to head up recruitment to to really sort of take us up to the next level and, and he's put his son in charge of that he's only um, experience with football is apparently I think he played for Enfield Town or something and he had a trial at QPR but you know he spent the last few years out in America running parts of his dad's medical equipment business so not exactly qualified to do the role he's in people would suggest um, so yeah it, it, and like I say I mean I hear I hear all sorts of things about what's going on in the background and every day I'm like gobsmacked about some of the stuff that comes out and it's very it's a very strangely run club Charlton and, and we've had our fair share of ownership crises through the years you know I mean not long after the whole Berry scandal and you used to see these little tweets from the EFL saying club you know EFL statement Berry and you feel oh god it's, it's awful you, you take for that to happen to you and then all of a sudden it was EFL statement Charlton Athletic and we were we were going through all these 
you know, crooks basically. And and we thought Sangar would be a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And in terms of, well, I don't think he's a crook, then then I guess he's an improvement. But everything else has just been a massive, a massive disappointment. And and what happens next will be interesting. I think we actually today a day of recording, we've had the first inkling of uh someone suggesting maybe there's there's people out there that, that would be um that would be interested in taking the club off Thomas's hands. Now whether that would be the case and whether Thomas would be up for it. Obviously there's there's two sides to every sale and, and it has to be a willing seller. But I feel like we're starting along a path which I feel like I feel like we're on this path every two or three years at the Charlton and now everyone's hoping that maybe the club will be changing hands soon at some point. That's interesting that Louis because uh, obviously we've got our own ownership issues uh, to contend with. Uh, we've been up for sale for the last few months. I, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes in the background. I I would imagine the board of directors are working as hard as they can to try and get a sale through. There's Tyson Fury rumours, there's rumours about somebody yeah. else and, 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 and all sorts going on. And of course, everybody knows what's happened to Worcester Warriors Rugby Club as well. So uh, we are totally up in yeah. So uh, when you say you've got an owner who's who's not a cowboy, but... He's, he's not running things quite the right way. It's, uh, it sort of makes me a little bit twitchy, to be honest. Mm, yeah, well, these are, I've heard those Tyson Fury rumours. Uh, every, every time we play Morecambe, some sort of rumour regarding Tyson Fury starts. So when we played you guys up at your place last season, my mate reckon he spoke to him in the cup park. Very possibly, gym, like, very hours, possibly, Lou, yeah, because, uh, because, because, because his gym is actually in, inside the Mazuma complex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's there. So... He's there most days. Uh, so it's quite. Mm. He could have. He could have parked next to him. Quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that there was that. When when we played you guys at home, there was a rumor he was coming. Although I don't think that actually there was nothing nothing to suggest he was actually there. But everyone gets very excited at the 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 idea of just seeing him. So Lord knows what sort of owner he he would be if he ever turned up at Morecambe. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to comment on that in case we get beaten up by him. But um, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, ownership issues are always concerning for fans, especially oh, these days. Like I say, what we've seen with Barry, and, and what Barry experienced, and what we've experienced, and seeing some of these same characters who were involved either at one or both of those two clubs trying to get involved elsewhere: Birmingham City, Rochdale. Every time a club's up for sale now, I get twitchy because I know there's criminals out there looking to try and make a few quid out of, out of a club and they don't care what happens after. So, yeah, obviously we hope we hope for the best for both clubs. Indeed. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. Let's talk about matters. Uh, happier matters on the field then, Louis, if we may. Um, how is your squad then uh, compared to last season? Tell us everything we need to know about a current season, Charlton Athletic. Yeah, I'd, I'd, say, like, I'd say if you compared us to last season, I'd say we're not that much different, really. Like we play a slightly different brand of football. Uh, we've brought in some players who are good, and we've brought in some players who haven't been quite as good, unfortunately. Um, we try and play out on the floor. That's our that that's our sort of mantra under Ben. We we play a passing game, so we'll we'll try and bore you to death with the passing. Um, but we saw we we've seen it a few times. Like we we saw it up at up at Port Vale a couple of weeks ago. Like. If teams sit in against us, we, we we don't really have enough of an answer at the moment. Like the Port Vale game was remarkable. We had a 15-minute spell at the end of the first half where it felt like we, we had the ball just on halfway. Port Vale just sat about a third of the way into their half, refused to come out and engage with us. We played it around side to side to side to side like that clip in the Simpsons from years ago. And then um, and then every time we tried to prod it forward, Port Vale dealt with it and we didn't have an answer. So that's sort of been where our problems are. We do have dangerous players when when they're on the day. You know, we've got Jez Raksaki who's on loan from Palace, good player. You know, got five goals, I think, in the league already. 
Um, he can be tricky, but again, if you double up on him, he can be quiet. You've got Corey Blackett Taylor on the other side, really quick, uh, can beat his man for fun, but then obviously it's the, the end product that he needs to to add to his game. Uh, we've got Chooks and EK currently at time of recording, who's not injured currently at time of the recording, but that could easily change. Unfortunately, he's, he's had dreadful luck with injuries. Um, he is a lot of people refer to him as a bit of a cheat code in league one. Cause there's no way he would be playing in league one if he didn't no. have dreadful luck with injuries. Um, but because he does, he, he, he does play for us. So on the times we can get him on the pitch, he's a real handful. Um, yeah. Defense last like, defensively. We're not good enough, unfortunately. So expect at least one mistake, uh, and possibly from, like say from, from one of your old friends, unfortunately, or it could, it could be from any of the defense really. I suppose I'm a bit disappointed that you said that about Sam Lewis. I think we wished him all the best when he left for Charlton. We wanted yeah. him to do to do really well, but you say it's not quite panned out as it's, you might have wanted. It's not. It's not worked for him, unfortunately. You know, last season, last season he had problems with injury. So he he came into the squad. Obviously, we signed him on deadline day, if I remember rightly, or around that time. Came into the squad. I think he scored. He scored a couple of goals early on, and he was he was okay. Like fans were getting excited, and I remember thinking like. Don't understand why you're getting excited yet. Like I've not seen anything too bad, but I've also not seen anything too good yet. I just thought he was fairly running the mill, and then he came back from injury, and I started to pick up on a few things that fans fans. He still had this reputation as because he came in, he was a new defender, and he scored a couple of goals. People liked him, but I was I was picking up on a few, I don't know, nervous moments, a few mistakes here and there that I don't think many were. So I came into this season like I'm not sure about him. Um, and again, like he was, he certainly wasn't first choice. You know, Ben Garner didn't make him first choice. He wasn't necessarily always first choice last season as well. Um, and I, and I think fans have started to cotton on to why now. He just make, makes too many mistakes. But like I say, he's part of a defense that makes a lot of mistakes. Um, so it's not only him. Uh, and maybe it's something to do with the way that the side set up and whether they get enough protection down down the flanks and, and this sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really feel sad for him because it's, it was a big move for him to come down to London uh, at, at the time, you know, having been captain at Morecambe as well. And, and obviously must have done well to, to be the skipper at Morecambe and played part in a promotion winning side. Um, it just hasn't happened for him. You know, that's not to say it won't happen for him, but so far he, he's playing with a lack of confidence. And like I say, I mean, Garner said it himself, you know, I've spoken to him about not having the ability to make changes in the defense at the moment. And maybe, you know, the nice way of putting it is to take someone out of the firing line for a couple of weeks, you know, dropping them basically. That that's what half of our team needed at times this season. But but certainly Sam need needs a little bit of time away from the limelight to sort of reassess what he needs to improve upon. And and it, yeah, it just hasn't happened for him yet at the value. It's a shame because like, I've I spoke to him once or twice, seems like a nice bloke. But um, yeah, confidence, confidence very much low at the moment. He's a nice guy. He's a very, very nice guy. We will welcome him back to the Mazuma with uh, open arms uh, next Saturday. Uh, so you see Morecambe in the relegation zone at time of recording, Louis, we've, as we, we speak now before our respective games on Friday. Uh, we've just got the 14 points. It, it's going to be uh, up to Lancashire in the nice, easy win, isn't it? Our away, so I mean, we've only won one away uh, league game all season, actually. So uh, yeah, we no, no one's counting any chickens on the road for Charlton, which is funny, really, because Garner last season with Swindon was had a really good away record and a poor home record. Uh, this season, it sort of flipped over, and I think we've only, I think we've still only lost one league game at home, uh, off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, yeah, only one league game at home, but yeah, we've only won one league game away, which was away at Shrewsbury. Um, yeah, it's. 
we don't go expect anything. Like I say, we saw a real a real test last season up there, and and, and a Morecambe side that won't give up. Obviously, I've, I've noticed this season. I'm sure you could tell me more about this. It, it does seem like Mr. Stockton doesn't seem to be up to his old tricks. I don't know if he is he not playing as much or is he? No, he's playing. He just, yeah. So what, what what's gone wrong there? So there was. Uh, I'll, I'll speak more about this with you next week, Louis. Obviously, but uh, yeah. in, in a nutshell, uh, a couple of weeks before the start of the season, he put in a transfer request. Uh, we obviously didn't want to lose him. We had a certain price tag that we we had on his on, uh, for his services. Um, low offers came in. We know Fleetwood bid twice, mm. probably around about the hundred thousand pounds mark, something along those lines. And for a twenty-six gold striker, that's peanuts, isn't it? We're, we're never going to sell him for that. Transfer window closed. He remained a more player. He was then he had a bit of an injury, then a bit of an illness. Uh, he was in and out of uh, the side for a few weeks, but uh, he just couldn't score. Uh, and he finally found the back of the net last week in the Papa John's against Lincoln. It was his first goal of the season in his 20th game. And the last time he'd scored before that was against you guys on Good Friday. So uh, oh, wow. it, it, it had a run of 25 appearances without finding the back of the net. But he's slowly starting to come together. I think he's now at peace with the fact that he's with us until at least January. So he's got to start scoring if he wants to put himself back in the shop window, I suppose. He'll be saving himself up for Saturday week then, won't he? Uh, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Louis, thanks so much for your time. I've kept you far longer than I said I would, so uh, sorry about that. But, uh, you know, hey, that's the way it goes, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, uh, just before, <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Just before you go, uh, let's have a, a, a score prediction for the match. And you, you've got plenty in, plenty in, in the squad to, to, to be comfortable in League One this season, haven't you, surely? Yeah, we're not we're not going to get involved in a relegation scrap. That that's I'm, I'm not concerned about that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 we, we go away to a Morecambe. We, we'll, we'll ship a couple of goals. We'll score a couple of goals. Everyone will have a nice time. He'll finish two two. Then we're all going to watch the England game and cheer ourselves up. Oh great! I look forward to that. Uh, Louis, thank you so much. Uh, one last thing before you go, give us the plug one more time for uh, Charlton Live. Where can we get more uh, fans addicts content? Yeah, so our podcast is called Charlton Live. You can search for it on uh, all your usual places, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Acast, all, all of those sort of places. Uh, we're out uh, every Thursday and every Sunday. Uh, you can listen to us moaning more about how uh, disappointing it is to be a Charlton fan these days. <laughs> uh, Louis, thank you very much indeed. I need one of the blankets that you've got wrapped around you. I'm definitely going to bring one of those to the <laughs> Mazuma next, uh, next Saturday, that's for sure, in case the wind whips up. Uh, good luck for the season after next week, and uh, we'll speak to you next time, no doubt. Cheers, Dave. Yep, I look forward to it. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.